Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. It's a Sunday, so obviously it's the Lord's Day. I've been to church all morning, been learning my parables and my religious stories, and I'm just ready to get going, ready to get going. I do hope you've uh, had a cracking Sunday yourselves. I've had a roast dinner, and yeah, it's, it's been a classic Sunday. Enjoyable. A classic Sunday. And you haven't uh, you haven't dropped any more AirPods in avocados this week? <laughs> no, that's that's how I started last week's show. Very much, uh, very much uh, dropping my uh, expensive uh, headphones into uh, avocado and ruining both things almost equally. I'd, I've been reading about um, Shinzo Abe. Apparently, uh, you, you name checked the writer Jake Edelstein or Adelstein uh, last week on on the show, and he's kind of been. Uh, people argue that he might be a bit of a bit of a bit of a mitty bit of a, a fantasist when it comes to uh, getting down his stories and stuff and he he certainly has a real problem with people criticizing him uh, online but he um so come at us bro uh, joking uh, but he has um he wrote quite an interesting piece about uh, what Shinzo Abe is going to do next. And apparently, like, over the past few years, he's made it very clear that he's very into, like, mobster movies, like Yakuza films. Um, oh, right. So that's maybe something he might be getting into the old Oyabun uh, kind of Yakuza-style uh, films uh, from back in the day. Because I think his, his granddad was quite involved in uh, in, in, in uh, having um, pretty strong links with Yakuza. And obviously, Shinzo Abe doesn't. Mm. But... Um, he does like those proper naughty gangster films from back in the day. So that's maybe something he'll, he'll be moving into. That's amazing. <laughs> I, mean, I do know that yeah, Shinzo Abe is one of his relatives who I think it's his granddad perhaps or father, I can't remember, uh, was the Prime Minister of Japan. And he had a right-hand man, a fixer, who was affiliated with the Yakuza. Um, so, yeah, you're probably absolutely right there. But I hadn't read that article. I'll have to check that out. Sounds pretty interesting. Shinzo Abe, of course, retiring after... The long being the longest serving Japanese prime minister, um, having quite a hell of a ride, um, and bowing out due to some nasty sort of disease. And we're still waiting on who is going to be his uh, successor. We're still waiting to find out. So that'll be mm. interesting to find out in the coming weeks. 
could change things, could change the game. Another, uh, another, another thing that um, somebody got in touch with on the emails, and I have to play this. Um, uh, Siron, uh, Siron Sloth. Uh, hi there, Chris and Pete. I hope you're having the best of days. I'm going to start the show with it with a little email. If that's right with uh, you, Chris, because we've we've just heard the the, the, the title music. Uh, I was wondering, have you ever noticed the intro to the podcast vaguely resembles the song Cotton Eye Joe? Um, Chris, you'd be familiar with the song Cotton Eye Joe, wouldn't you? I hate back it. in the day. I hate it. <laughs> but, do you know, can you remember what their follow-up single was? Uh, it was called Poppin' an Oak, and it was the exact same tune. Poppin' an Oak, Poppin' an Oak, but it was just, you know, it's just still the same, th- same theme as uh, Cotton Eye Joe. Um, I'm not sure it, uh, it made its way over the pond, but it was excruciatingly Europoppy and, and, and crap. Um, but yeah, uh, 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 Soren's got, smashed his, or Siren rather, has smashed out his, his alto trombone uh, of him uh, record, basically recording himself playing the two theme tunes. The first you'll hear is the Abroad Japan podcast theme. It is time for the Abroad Japan podcast. <laughs> Beautifully done. Beautifully Very done, good, wasn't yeah. it, Chris? Yeah. Superb. Now it's Cotton Eye <laughs> Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? I, I mean, I don't necessarily... It's the first three notes, isn't it, really? <laughs> it, I, I, I'm glad I haven't made that connection before. I don't. Yeah. You're right. It's the first three notes. I hate Cotton IJ. Yeah. So knowing that could ruin <laughs> the Abroad in Japan podcast theme tune. I remember <laughs> a few months ago. I think we discussed potentially changing the Abroad in Japan podcast theme tune, mixing it up a bit, maybe having something mm. a bit more Japanese sounding. Um, mm. But I, I think Cotton I mentioned Eye, it on Twitter. Eye, and we're not, we're not using Cotton Eye Joe. I'd rather have Natsuki singing something or playing guitar than Cotton Eye Joe. It's probably quite good, to be honest. But uh, the uh, too many listeners were angry and were like, no, you can't change the song. It's the best bit. Uh, so we've kept it and we'll keep it forever. We'll never change it. Unless <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe people sue the songwriters yeah. of the, uh, the, uh, the thing tune for the Abroad Japan podcast. I, I did get. To, I did get. A, I've had a couple of tweets recently. I can't. It was. It may have been Scandinavian because we do have a lot of Scandinavian listeners. But somebody um, mm. was watching um, television in Sweden. I want to say maybe Norway. Um, and they uh, heard the um, classy the abroad Japan journey across Japan uh, theme that we loved so much. Uh, it was being used in, in in like a little documentary. Um, so that is the problem with not com- not not being able to have the finances to compose um, original music, be- or, or and because the, the problem is there's, there's two schools of that. Obviously, you have mates who are in bands who can produce music, and uh, in my opinion, uh, I'm not saying you do, but a lot of people um, take advantage of their friends who are musicians, and they don't pay the going rate for what they are creating. Mm-hmm. But if you go with the library option. It's not like you're buying an exclusive contract for that music, so anyone can use it. So that this documentary in Sweden was using the uh, Bron Japan Journey Across Japan music. And I was like, oh, you could have like a proper, like um, identifiable, iconic piece of music, but because you don't own the, own the rights to it, anyone can use it. It's really difficult, isn't it? It's so real and hard. It certainly happened with the Journey Across Japan theme tune more than others because, mm. of course, it's that- a banger. It's it's oh wow, I had it on like fifty videos or something ridiculous right yeah. it's been on so many videos mm. um, so 
that's a shame. Uh, but luckily, hopefully, <laughs> the 28 episodes it appeared in on my channel supersede everything else. And that's the first thing yeah. people think about with any luck. Yes, exactly. But Just be first. Just be, be first. first. Be first. <laughs> um, but uh, while we're on the subject of Journey Across Japan, I am going to do it again. There's a Journey Across Japan 2 what? coming out, Pete. There's another one. Oh, Chris, why are you doing this to yourself? You because this time imbecile. <laughs> Because this time, Pete, there's not going to be a bicycle. It's going to be mm. inside a car. Two bicycles. Two bicycles. Oh, that makes it easier, doesn't it? That, that I mean, that easier. does make it easier. Yeah, a lot easier. I mean, if I'd have known, I wouldn't have come on the bike one. <laughs> I'd have just sat in your car, to be quite frank. And get me some more speeding tickets like last time. Mm. Brilliant. I mean, I, technically, I mean, for, I mean, look, technically, pretty soon you're going to be a situ- we're going to be in a situation where uh, the Japanese are letting businessmen in for like business meetings. So, I mean, technically, me coming to join you on your little car, I think that's technically a business meeting. <laughs> so they should that's let not me a business in. Meeting. I'm getting you to. That's a business meeting. Right. That is a business meeting. Business I, meeting. I'm going to make a video. Sponsor my face, you shit. I'm going to make a video on the Abroad Japan channel exposing you and exposing the rig system <laughs> where dodgy, shady individuals come from London to spread disease and <laughs> so mayhem. Uh, but no, I'm going to do like a spin-off of Journey Across Japan. I, I feel like I, I, I've, I don't know, I feel like I want to do something traveling around and about, right? Do another kind of adventure because this year has been a bit rubbish, hasn't it? And mm. the Journey Across Japan name is so well it's just so well known these days. Um, and quite a few folks still message me saying, you know, I've been watching it indoors because I haven't had much else to do. And it's kind of the closest thing I've had to traveling around Japan this year. So I wanted to keep Journey Across Japan as the title. Um, this one's going to be called Journey Across Japan Escape to Fuji because it's a five, it's a six day road trip around the, around central Japan, around the Japanese Alps, uh, ultimately culminating in arriving at mount fuji uh, and hopefully this time i'll see the bloody mountain because nobody ever does including me my last attempt was a miserable failure given that it's always in the clouds but this time gonna go and find it once and for all i'm not leaving until i've seen it and filmed it um but joining me on this trip is joey the anime man he may recall from journey across japan's earlier mm. episodes he was the first guest and um Mm. In his segment, we drove through, we cycled through Niigata, and uh, there wasn't a whole lot there. We were, we were really desperate, so we had to do lots of challenges that made it more interesting. And some of the best videos on Journey Across Japan are with Joey on that section. We went to like a haunted yeah. tunnel, we pimped out our bicycles, we made a commercial in an abandoned train, um, and so we turned this really dull segment into something rather. It's fun and memorable, I think. And uh, so we're going to try and recapture some of that success from those glorious few episodes. Um, But yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And and I'm hoping to kind of make this an ongoing series. So for this season, it'll be Joey and we'll be going around the Alps and central Japan. Maybe the next season we'll go somewhere like Hokkaido. Season after that, Okinawa. Season after that, Kyushu kind of thing. So there'll be like a theme around it each and every time. So this one, we're going to Mount Fuji. And uh, hopefully, later on down the line, Pete, it'll be you joining us on Journey Across Japan for another season. But where well, would you like to go? We, we, we just don't know where that's going to happen. I'd like to go in the, um, what's that little, the little island in the middle, the, um, the, the, the middle of the, that's kind of like hugged by the top of Japan. It's like, it gives the little island a little hug. Uh, uh Hokkaido? <laughs> Wait, hug? No, I mean, like, let's have a look. Japan, oh, something in Japan. The, 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 the Tsushima? Big, no. 
Ponshi, Shikoku, Kyushu. Hang on. Shikoku. Uh, is it Shikoku? I think it might be Shikoku. Mm-hmm. The little yeah, Shikoku. The the yeah, 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 yeah. Tokushima, Ihime, Kochi. That, 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 those kind of, I've never been in any of those places, effectively. The closest yeah. I've ever been is, um, yeah, I've not really sort of been there at all, in fact. Well, it's it's quite hard to in get there. There's a um, there's a pilgrimage with like uh, with like dozens of shrines you're supposed to do as well. But uh, Shikoku is supposed to be really amazing. I've been there a few times, and one of my favourite towns, my favourite city in Japan's there, Matsuyama. It's a beautiful place with a nice castle in the heart of the city. But uh, that could be fun. Definitely, I'll be up for that. Mm. Just not in the summer because it's rubbish <laughs> in the summer. Lots of incredibly hot. Lots of insects. Lots of spiders, snakes. And hornets, so I'll avoid it in summer. Other than that, Jeez. would love to do it. But um, we kick off filming in early October, and hopefully it'll be out uh, towards the end of October. So I'll need a few weeks to to edit it all. But uh, I'm not going to talk about where we're going. We've got a very carefully researched and planned meticulous itinerary. That's a bit open-ended, to be fair, a bit like Journey Across Ampan Japan. Ampan Man. I use an Ampan Man again. We might <laughs> do, like yeah. We might random, have challenges. Yeah, yeah, we might have some challenges where, like, listeners or viewers can kind of send in things they like to see us do. We're still thinking about that bit. Um, but hopefully we can just kind of just have a bit of fun, have an adventure, and um, kind of bring some entertainment to folks that uh, wanted to come to Japan this year but couldn't. And that's what it's all about, really, Beautiful. at the end of the day, isn't it? Yeah. So I'm Beautiful. looking forward to that. Keep an eye out. And I'll be giving you more updates on Journey Across Japan, Escape to Fuji, in the coming weeks. And now we turn our attention to the story of the week. Um, this week we've got a story from Tyler, and it's the ultimate weekend trip, apparently. So hello, Chris and Pete. Yeah. Or rather, hello, Chris, and the honourable Pete Donaldson. The honourable Pete Donaldson. I like Donaldson. it. Nothing, I like it. Nothing honourable about Pete Donaldson. Um, I hope you're doing well and staying safe. I have quite a harrowing story about my trip to Japan that perhaps could be a learning experience for future travellers. In November 2018, I had the ingenious idea to take a weekend excursion to Japan. No, I do not live somewhere nearby like Korea or Shanghai, but rather all the way in the United States. That is mental. <sighs> I left Jeez. on a Thursday morning, flew for 14 hours to Tokyo and stayed yeah. for just 72 hours before returning home the following Monday. Things went downhill. I, oh, wow. I, I, I've thought about doing this before when we could go. I have thought about Good sort God. of going, right, I could do a Thursday to like a Monday just have a weekend. That would be mad, wouldn't it? Get an Air China flight changing in Beijing to make it nice and cheap and Good just God. just railing right through. What an adventure that would be. Just a cheeky weekend in I mean, Tokyo. <laughs> I thought I was cool because I did this exact same thing when I was a university student. I went to Rome for the weekend, but that right, I mean, this just makes yeah, that no. rubbish now. Uh, the story <laughs> continues. Things went downhill, though, when I decided to take a day trip from Tokyo to Hiroshima with the goal of visiting the famous Okonoshima, or no, also known as Rabbit Island. I departed from Akihabara, at 5.30am and boarded the very first Shinkansen of the day. Because of time constraints, I would have had to take uh, a different ferry to and from the island. First, I would sail onto the island from Mihara Station, where the Shinkansen stops. Uh, but for my return journey, the ferry would take me to Tada, Tadanomi, where I'd take a local train back to Mihara. Tragedy struck when I was returning from Rabbit Island. I walked into Tadanomi Station and it was empty, save only 
for a dark abandoned train car. As it turns out, the entire train line was shut down because of a typhoon earlier in the year. I would later learn there was a replacement bus service, but it also stopped running by the time I got there. Not knowing what to do, I ran to the nearest police box and asked a police officer if they knew of any taxi services. The officer kindly called me a taxi, but it was too late. I had missed the final train back to Tokyo. With my phone only 5%, I hastily changed my Shinkansen ticket and booked an emergency hotel in Nagoya, which is was as far as I could go. I spent the night there before returning to Tokyo the following morning. My question for you, Chris and Pete, is have you ever gotten stuck somewhere in Japan after the last train has come and gone? What did you do to get home and how did you manage to remain calm despite the sense of impending doom being stuck in a foreign country? Um, warm regards, Tyler. I think, I mean, I don't feel those questions are relevant, Tyler. It's a very blasé manner. I went to Japan yeah. for the weekend. I went to Rabbit Island. Yeah. 10,000 miles to see some rabbits and then I went home. <laughs> no, you can't escape the fact that is ridiculous. No. And, 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 and yeah, just, I, I mean, obviously you, you've squeezed a lot in, in 72 hours. Fantastic. You've, you've done well. I'm, 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 I'm excited by what you've done, Tyler, but I can't help but think that going all the way to fucking rabbit Island in that weekend is insane behavior because it's like, it's on the train, but it's not really on the train. You get off the Shinkansen. We got a taxi, and it was a good sixty quid taxi uh, to get to the to, to get to the actual ferry terminal. So it's very off the beaten track in the grand scheme of a very simple trip to Japan. I think it's fair to say. At least just stay in one place. Just go to Osaka for like a weekend <laughs> or Tokyo. But like that, that basically means the entire trip was just sitting on a train or a plane or a boat. Without doing a whole lot, still fair play though. Incredible, I think, yeah. I th- some of my fondest memories of uh, trips where I've done that, like just gone for a weekend somewhere, like Rome, or I remember I went to Zurich in Switzerland for one day once, uh, mm. one very long day. When I was when I was at university, I didn't really enjoy university a lot because I just felt manacled to studies when I wanted to escape and travel and have fun. So I'd often just do these like little weekend trips away to Paris or Rome or. Zurich and uh, so I, I get the thrill I understand like why it's fun to have a weekend trip away like that I do get it but at the same time it's a bit ridiculous but I'd like to hear oh, more it's, time it's, it's exciting though isn't it it's exciting it I, I think the um, I've the first I've done because I used to work on a Sunday afternoon so I used to fly out on a I, I've done this quite a lot but not as far as obviously Japan um, I've flown as far as like five hours um, right Friday morning Friday morning fly out get back uh, Friday morning fly out and then get back um, Sunday morning for my radio show at 2pm 2, 2 in the afternoon. That's what mm. PM means, I guess. Um, but yeah, I flew to like Turkey and a couple of other places. That, and, but it's just stressful getting up at like four o'clock in the morning to get to get to the, um, to get to the plane for five. Uh, and you're just spending a lot of money and it's, 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 um, it's, it's a lot of fun when you get there and you're very excited. Less fun at five o'clock in the morning when you've got to get back for a radio show and you're worried about missing it. I will say though, planes are way more regular and way more reliable than getting the Grand Central from the northeast or the Virgin uh, trains from the northwest. So actually coming back from Manchester is more risky and I've missed more of a show than I have when I've flown back from like places like Turkey or Greece. Crazy. And I don't think planes are going to be much more frequent now either. So I don't know how much, no, how easy true, this true. is going to be to do, sadly. Uh, but I'd like to hear more from Tyler. Like, Tyler, if you're listening, why did you do this? You've just said it was an ingenious idea, but I want more. I want to know more. Why? What would lead you to do this? Um, let us know, because it's a fantastic story. Um, 
we've got some interesting news this week about sushi. Uh, do you like sushi, Pete? Are you a sushi fan? I am a sushi fan. I uh, like uh, sashimi. Yeah, yeah. Every there's not a bit of sushi I've ever eaten that, that I have not enjoyed. Um, occasionally, you go to places where they are very, very. Um, uh, I'm going to say out there when it comes to uh, what animals they use, uh, and, and on a hangover, that's n- that's never good to be quite frank. But yeah, generally, I'll eat anything when it comes to sushi because you can always just hide the taste of stuff with a lot of wasabi. <laughs> that's very true. Um, I mean. Conveyor belt sushi is beloved by all. Um, even I've got back into it recently. I often criticise it because um, it's it's often not as good as the real thing, like going to a decent sushi restaurant. But if I found um, there are some good chains like Sejiro uh, around where you can get good conveyor belt sushi. But one conveyor belt sushi restaurant known as Kappa Sushi, which is uh, one of Japan's biggest Kaiten um, conveyor belt sushi chains has started a home conveyor belt service in Tokyo, Kanagawa, Saitama, and Chiba called Shucho Kaiten Sushi Service, literally business trip rotating sushi service. And it means that for about $754, you can hire two chefs to come to your house or office or anywhere, bring a conveyor belt, which is about 16 feet long, uh, and they will create sushi for you, make, prepare sushi, put it on the uh, conveyor belt, and you can have the whole conveyor belt sushi experience from the comfort of your own home or office space. What do you reckon, Pete? Is that a good idea? I mean, could they, could they not just extend the, the conveyor belt so that it's like gets to your house like you know like like like, like just extending a train like a train track just bringing it through uh, like we spoke uh, before on, on my football podcast about um the St. Pauli um uh, hot dog train which was a little train in the posh seats at St. Pauli the, the, the football club in, in Germany mm. um uh, they, uh, it, it, to deliver hot dogs, they'd have a little choo choo train that would go around. So just extend the conveyor belt to go around the person's house. You don't need to bring up, bring your own conveyor belt and bring all that sushi with you. It just seems, seems incredibly expensive and wasteful. <laughs> I suppose, I mean, if you do the maths, like uh, the standard plan is 80,000 yen, $754, and that is enough sushi to feed 10 people 15 pieces each with 15 different types of toppings, right? I mean, that yeah, seems okay. pretty reasonable. So $754 divided by 10, $75 a head. I mean, that's probably twice what you would normally pay, right? That is hmm. typically you probably pay like 20 to $30 for a trip to a Kaiten Zushi restaurant. Um, so it's a little bit more money. But I guess if you want to be health conscious, if you want to avoid the threat of COVID-19, which is the main reason they've done this, then it could work in that respect. Um I mean, I don't think I could eat 15 pieces. I typically f- can't manage like 10 pieces at a sushi restaurant. I'm pretty, <laughs> something about sushi fills me up really easily and effortlessly. I just get stuffed really it's quickly. It's the rice. It's the rice, it is, isn't it? <laughs> it's the rice. But uh, for a bit more money, if you want to go the extra mile, you can even get a, a customized plan that includes a tuna dismantling show where the chefs carve up a whole tuna in front of the crowd which i've seen it i've seen it done a few times it's quite fun to be fair and you get a little uh, seashell that you use to scoop out the tuna and eat it really fresh um so that's quite that's a pretty cool idea it's pretty cool what i will say is kappa sushi i used to like it but that's one of the conveyor belt sushi restaurants i typically try to avoid these days i just find it's not that great but uh i don't know who knows? Could be quite a fun thing to do. If uh, if there wasn't any COVID, 
we were looking at doing a meetup event this year with Natsuki and I, maybe Ryotaro in Tokyo. And this would have been a cool thing to do, right? Maybe get it for like everyone. So everyone coming could have had like a Kaiten Zushi at a venue or something. So if they still have it next year, could do it for sure. I might consider it. It could be quite fun having your own conveyor belt. What do you reckon? It's just, it just seems very expensive for what you're getting. Just, just go to a sushi shop for crying out loud. Oh man. Too elaborate. Too elaborate. Too much your faff. Of fun? Too much faff. A tuna it's dismantling show. Too much faff. Come on. <laughs> Food is three times better, Pete, when it's served on a conveyor belt, when it goes around it and is. around. It is. And around. I like and the actually, danger. I like the I danger. Think, well, I think they've, um, I think conveyor belt sushi restaurants have been hit harder than most because obviously the idea of food just going round in circles uh, around lots of people is a bit risky. Um, so they've started uh, of course, covering yeah. them more. They've started putting more coverings mm. over the sushi to keep them safe. But uh, I think there's still that image, isn't it, of uh, of it being a bit dirty. I don't know. But <laughs> cool idea. So it's, it's it's been so interesting seeing how um, businesses have adapted to the whole situation, yeah. right, over the last few months. And uh, certainly a lot of restaurants have, do, have started doing takeaways. Even ramen shops, right? You wouldn't think takeaway ramen could be a thing. But what a lot of ramen shops do is they separate all the ingredients. So they'll have, like, the soup in a bowl, and then they'll have, like, the pork and the chashu and the noodles in another bag, and you sort of get it to your, your – you kind of collect it, take it back to your house or office work space and uh, you kind of assemble the ramen yourself right you pull the soup mm. in you put the noodles in um so interesting seeing how it's adapted um mm. could be the future don't know but i must say certainly where i am up in north japan things have kind of gone back to normal a lot more recently um it seems like restaurants are going back to normal so that's a bit encouraging and cases are down so bonus good not good, so sure good. about the uk though doesn't seem no, to be. That's no. very much not the case. Our curve is very much going up. Oh dear. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. In 2020, self-care can seem like yet another overwhelming job for women. Every week, we test out a new kind of self-care so you don't have to. Firstly, can we just clarify how we pronounce Kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. Self-care club. Wellness road tested. So that was the first yeah. day. You know, it was just the not slipping into the complete default mode of what I normally do, which is have a go at my husband for what he hasn't done. And, you know, all of that stuff, I kind yeah. of stopped. OK, so it was more the absence of meanness rather than the projection <laughs> of kindness at this initial point. Yes. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. This week, we are testing out menstrual cups. How are you feeling? Dreading it. I know that you love to give a practice that's all about down below. I'm not interested. I've never even really thought about it since before I met you. You've never thought about your vagina until you met me. It doesn't get a lot of air time. <laughs> it doesn't get a lot of air time. No, it doesn't. The Self-Care Club is a Stakhanov production. And with that, we turn our attention to the fax machine. What have we got this week in the fax machine, Mr. Donaldson? Sarah from Michigan and Logan as well. Welcome to the show, Sarah and Logan from Michigan. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. I love the podcast. Listen to it almost exclusively while taking my dogs for a walk. In May 2019, my boyfriend and I, uh, Logan, uh, took a two and a half week uh, trip to Japan to visit his friend who was roommates, who he was roommates with in college. He was an exchange student from Osaka. We said before that Japanese people tend to keep them, themselves to themselves and mind their own business, but that wasn't true in our case. Logan has a red hair, and it seemed everyone we came across in Japan was obsessed with him. That does happen a lot, doesn't it, Chris? People, they, they're like the fiery redheads in uh, in Japan. Apparently so. I didn't know that until Apparently now, so. but yeah. yeah. Well, I've heard it a few times from people. When we were in Osaka, we went to lunch with his college friend and his mum and his sister. Uh, the friend's sister was absolutely obsessed with my boyfriend, uh, saying she loved his hair at least twice, stared at him throughout lunch, um, said something about how he's good-looking, and more or less asked about his entire life uh, story about living in a small town, despite her not understanding much English. Um, also in Osaka, a random uh, photographer on the seas of Dothanbori uh, asked and took candid photos of my boyfriend eating some takoyaki. Uh, in Hiroshima, um, two young boys were inside a building while walking by outside. They banged on the windows to get our attention and waved furiously at us. My boyfriend waved back, back and they freaked out that he responded. Then they tried to get him to dab and he did that to amuse the kids and they absolutely lost it. Also in the Hiroshima uh, Peace Museum, a group of kids formed a line in front of my boyfriend and asked him to mark on their school paper map where he's from. Uh, there was probably 10 kids waiting in line for him to mark their paper but not a single kid asked me to. The last example I'll give you was on our last day in Japan. Uh, I went to go return my key to the one at the desk in our hostel and she asked if I was uh, at another one uh, of their locations in Asksa. Uh, I said yes, and she explained she recognised me because she remembered my boyfriend, who was still up in the room and not currently with me at the time with the red hair. Is this normal peop- Is this normal for Japanese people to be obsessed with people and their red hair, or is this just a really long list of coincidences? Sarah from Michigan and Logan with the red hair. Logan with the good hair. <laughs> I think it's just because Logan in the photo is just a very dashing, handsome, smiling, he is very happy dashing. young fellow. Yeah. I'd oh, take a slice of Logan, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't know. I mean, I'd never heard of this before. Um, I clearly it's worked having red hair. Um, <laughs> that's encouraging. I uh, yeah. I mean, well done, Logan. That's that sounds like the best trip ever. Who knew your hair could have such a positive impact on your time in Japan? Um, a thrill that I'll never never get to experience myself. I, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what? It's so surreal. Uh, all this happened to him, but I, I think it's because he just it. looks happy. I mean, it's a smile. Yeah, exactly. Damn right. Smile. Damn straight. Well done, Logan. If Prince Harry came to Japan, he'd be a great hit, wouldn't he? Judging <laughs> by that story. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, he's also a prince as well, so I mean, like that, that would it. help. That would help. Yeah, that'll help. That'll help. Hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, we've got one from Dan. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. My question to you isn't specific to Japan. I'm more curious about how you transitioned to living alone i'm planning on moving out my parents house in the next few months while it's an exciting prospect it's also a little scary how was your initial experience you no longer have anyone else in the house to do laundry cook shop clean uh, and as an extra not only did you not have to move out on your own you also moved to a completely new country so what's it like uh it's not like you can ask someone for assistance do you think it made it really hard I've been a fan for a few years now. Love both your work. Thank you, Dan. Um, I mean, I love living alone, Dan. It was bloody brilliant. It's true. I mm. have always been rubbish at things like laundry, cooking, shopping, cleaning. I can't do any of those things. But I love living alone. It was magic. I remember up until the age of 22, I'd either lived with my parents or with friends at university. And yeah. I remember just the thrill of... I, fall, I remember just falling asleep on my sofa in my room once in my little apartment. And waking up an hour later of my own accord because there was no one there to wake me up. There was no parents shouting at dinner time. There was no roommates <laughs> trying to whisk me off to do drinking games and do shots. It was just me alone in a room, yeah. waking up on my own, alone in a room. It was a bit weird, but uh, I loved it. I loved having my own private space. And I might not be able to cook, but I could certainly walk to the nearby ramen shop at McDonald's. And that's basically yeah. how I lived for three years. It's all uh, you need. It's all, you, all need, you need. Come on. Absolutely. What about you, Pete? Enjoy living alone for the first time. Yeah, I mean, like it. It was. I'm trying to think when when, when it first was in my twenties. Uh, but but again, I was I was always in like a house share, I guess, until I was about um, twenty five. I want to say, and then I had a house by myself. Yeah, I mean, just I. I think I lived for I lived for quite a, a while in my thirties uh, alone, and that was quite easy, I guess. Um, you sort of make your own hours, but it, I mean, that, I mean, after a while, it does get very boring. <laughs> No one to talk to. <laughs> Can do. I Especially remember, in the lockdown as well. Well, yeah, God, it must, must have been horrible for people in the lockdown. But, uh, I mean, in winter, it got quite tough mm. because in Yamagata, where I used to live, like, the, you know, the winter was horrendous. It was just snow and you yeah. just couldn't go out for like four months or something. Um, and what I will say to anyone living alone, if you feel a bit down, just put on like your favorite sitcom. I used to put on my favorite sitcoms on repeat in the background and that would just cheer you up really it's the miracle oh. of tv and the internet just put on your favorite sitcom and you'll feel very happy or born in japan or youtuber yeah put on a born in japan <laughs> put on the podcast job done um, <clears throat> we've got one from matthias in norway did i pronounce that right pete Matthias. i think so yeah matthias. that sounds about right matthias yeah it looks like matthias to me Hello, Chris and Pete. Uh, me and my best friend are planning a trip to Japan. In terms of food, I have no problems trying something new and exciting. However, my friend is an absolute baby when it comes to food. <laughs> Do you have any suggestions for what kind of places we can visit and eat without going to something like a McDonald's? Keep the good work. My friend, Matthias in Norway. I've had a lot of that kind of care, but to be honest, not friends who I've been with who aren't really that into um, trying new things. Um, 
So it's it's kind of it, it annoys me. <laughs> so I just eat the I try the food. Come on, get involved. Well, just just get yourself down Moss Burger. It's like oh, a, just go down Moss Burger. Moss Burger, yeah. yeah. Authentic Japanese yeah. burgers. Job done. Um, <laughs> and, and also when you when you're on holiday, you find that like you just you, you try and have a nice you have a nice time. And if you're not like a culinary maniac, and I'm not, I, I you know I couldn't give a toss about you know. Or being, getting obsessed about food and stuff. It's nice to try new things every now and again. But I mean, half the time it's just like you just walk around. It's like, oh, is this is this uh, restaurant got enough people? Is there got a table there? Is the restaurant what do they serve? And it's really hard to kind of satisfy the cravings of like five or six different people with very different tastes. So you, you just, I don't mind going to a McDonald's. I don't. I don't think it's it is a massive problem at all. Quite frankly, get yourself a in a McDonald's. Lovely old job. Can't go wrong with it, but. I can't recommend going to McDonald's regularly on your trip. That would be a bit sad, wouldn't it? <laughs> yes, it would be. It would. Well, at remember, least they have the shrimp burger there. Yeah, yeah, overrated. I remember <laughs> the shrimp burger. I remember uh, when I lived in uh, in Yamagata, there was a guy who was another teacher, fellow teacher, and he exclusively ate only Pizza Hut, and that was it. Mm. He just ate Pizza Hut McDonald's for like the two years that he lived there. Just wouldn't eat sushi or yeah, like anything else. No kind of Japanese cuisine. Yeah. You wouldn't touch it. Even the ramen, because no, it had no. some sort of um, fish broth flavoring in it. You just wouldn't touch it. So, yeah, it's, it's crazy how fussy people can be sometimes. <laughs> it's a shame, right, to come to Japan and miss out on everything. Um, would be mm. a crime. Absolutely. Um, what I would say, Matthias, is Tori Kizoku is a good one. It's a um, yakitori chain. And even, you know, everyone can eat that. Yakitori, chicken on a skewer, beef, pork, beautifully done. Tori Kizoku. It's a great place. Love it. Uh, we've got yeah. one from Emil from the Netherlands. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I, with over a year, having passed between now and my trip to Japan last summer, I'd like to reminisce with you about my, my experience I had on a late night in Osaka. I packed my bags that day after eight days in the city, and I had to wait until midnight to board my bus towards Hiroshima. To pass the time, I decided to check out the musicians around Osaka Station and ended up watching an idol girl perform in front of a small group of five to ten very enthusiastic fans. With the way they were chanting and dancing along, you'd expect her to be some kind of incredibly famous group, but she was in fact promoting a small idol group with less than 500 subscribers on YouTube. The music was quite fun and had a nice beat to it. So I ended up buying a CD from her named Omotonashi Japan, um, which means like welcoming, like welcoming hospitable Japan. Uh, The idol being quite surprised about a foreigner buying a CD offered to take a picture with me before running off towards their fans and pointing over at me. The fans in turn walked over to me and each of them handed me a CD of the idol group, thanking me and insisting on me taking the CDs. What would be a forgettable evening preparing for an uncomfortable bus ride turned into a great showcase of Japanese generosity that still puts a smile on my face each time I think about it. Emil from the Netherlands. And Emil has uh, sent us a photo of him clutching the album Omotonashi Japan uh, with the idol girl dressed in some sort of Hawaiian looking dress, giving the peace sign. And she looks very happy um, that someone has bought the CD. Have you ever seen this though, Pete? Have you seen these kind of idol singers often Someone who wants to be a singer will just go to the side of a road, mm. put out like a little boombox with a microphone, just bash out a song, and they'll like invite their friends from Facebook, and they'll come around in a semicircle and 
dance around and uh it's it, it often looks a bit awkward to be honest i often find it a little yeah. bit depressing because the the crowds well, especially because like no one's playing bad, tiny no one's playing like any instruments or anything they're just sort of dancing around to some music it's a bit weird isn't it <laughs> it's a bit weird at the same time it wouldn't yeah. be japan without it i de- i often see them around Ueno Station, like I always find just out the front of Ueno Station near Akihabara, mm. there's always someone singing and dancing to a little crowd. The most awkward times, and it's often fairly common, it's just like one 50 year old man dancing up and down, like jumping up and down, filming it on his phone. <laughs> this, like, idle girl dancing and singing. It's just, yeah, I, I, just I can't wrap my head around it. Wrong yeah. <laughs> one part of the culture I'll never truly grasp, but uh, I think Emil made her day. Judging by the photo and judging by the fact he was probably the only one to buy the CD, apart from the five fans that were there. Uh, keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back on Wednesday to do it all over again. Oh. Now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days and we'll see you then to do it all over again in the Abroad Japan Podcast. Take care. That's up. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the ACAST Creative Network. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.